It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Radio check. Loud and clear. KSL Sports and KSL Podcast present Mode Push, an American view of F1, starting now. Don't stop. He's making cut with his Odyssey. I've got it. I've absolutely got it. I enjoyed this so much. Thank you. Thank you. everybody welcome on in it's another edition of mode push f1 podcast produced right here in america salt lake city utah usa yes here we are alex curie uh, my co-host as always dan jimenez we might be joined by carlos fortune who joined us last week uh our uh, f1 insider here inside the building also so uh we're just gaining F1 insiders all over the place here, Dan. So that's the part that I love is that we just have so many people who are interested in F1 now. We have, like, guests uh, who join us, and it's like, a, it's like a whole new world for us. So it's good. Uh, how was your race weekend? Because, you know, there was part of me that was like, oh, shoot, Max won again. And then I found myself going, oh, no, hold on a minute. We did that last year and the last seven years with, with, uh, with Lewis just – you finally asked for somebody else to win, and boy, did he in crazy fashion again. His what, fourteenth win of the season, fifteenth win of the season. So it was a fifteen, wild yeah. Uh, thoughts on uh, the final, the final race of the season here? I thought that it was the textbook ending to the season. Just we kind of got uh, a, like a mini summary of all the trends that we had in the season in one race. Max dominated. Um, I mean, Alonzo or, uh, had issues like you had just kind of stuff that was playing out. Mick and Latifi hit each other. It was just it, like, it seemed <clears throat> that everything was just playing out as it had for the, the previous, uh, 20 some odd races. And sure. so yeah. I was just really impressed by Charles's drive. Um, I guess the one trend that we, we did buck this weekend was Ferrari's, uh, strategy. They actually made a good strategic call. Um, for a while there, I was questioning it and everybody was pretty worried as, as Checo was starting to catch him after making that second pit stop and all the other drivers were complaining about being held out on one stoppers, right. but it ended up being the right choice by the, a margin of 1.3 seconds. But I think a lot of credit needs to go to Charles for maintaining his tires that long and being able to hold off Checo at the end. So happy for, for Charles to finish second. I think that's what he deserves. Max was like, might as well have been taking a nap out front. And uh, I, I love that, that Max was like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to help Checo sure. in the last race. And like the one thing he does is to like tell the guys like, hey, tell, tell Checo the tires are fine just to go for it. Like, well, easy for you to say, dude, you're out front. He's like battling everybody else in there. Hey, uh, jump in. The water's fine up here. It's like I can't just be at the front of the pack here. So uh, Carlos Fortune just walked in the studio. Uh, so we're going to get a breakdown here. All right. Carlos. Welcome, first of all. Yeah, thank you. Final race of the season. Uh, uh, Dan gave me his estimation on how that thing uh, shook out. What did you think about the uh, Abu Dhabi Grand Prix and, and how the F1 season ended in 2022? 
I think it it ended great. It was a a, a good race, exciting race. I mean, we got that battle um, for second place, and I was just listening in. Yeah, Ferrari got it right at the you know last race. <laughs> Ferrari got, yeah, got sure. it right, and they actually outsmarted Red Bull, which often you know doesn't, doesn't happen, happen either. Yeah, doesn't happen often. So I think that was great. Um, Sebastian Vettel battling. I mean, I think that was that was wonderful. Even you know to to the end. Um, I think that was great. And Aston Martin needed that one extra point that I was hoping he was going to pass Ricciardo at the end um, for that one extra point just in that battle. Uh, but he didn't with Alfa Romeo. Um, and yeah, overall, I, th- I, I thought um, it was great. Shame Hamilton also uh, had the, the first break for Mercedes throughout the whole season. And right. two laps before the end of the race, it was the first retirement. Well, yeah, DNF for them, which reliability was never the issue for no. Marks this year, obviously. And so that was nice to to kind of go, hey, we had a reliable car all season long. Mm-hmm. But it just had gotten to that point where you're like, oh, no, it's not just a, a, a reliable car now. It is competitive, and it's mm-hmm. one of these quick cars. And so uh, Ferrari can hang their hat and go, hey, you know what? That's the type of stuff we, we're going to show you guys in 2023. We got that one race right. Back in 2022 in Abu Dhabi, and here we are. We're finally able to pull this one off. So disappointments from the weekend, though, because there's always some of those, Dan. Like, uh, what are some of the things you're like, shoot, I wish this would have gone a little bit more this way, or was there a better way? I I know that that, that Chetko not not getting, uh, you know, not being able to to, to pass Charles and, and get that second place. It's still a massively, uh, you know, successful season for Red Bull and even for Checo. He ends third in the in the uh, in the title race, but the guy got a couple of uh, of wins. I think it was Monaco and Singapore. Those were two, his two wins this year, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, yeah. negatives from the race for you, Dan. I think if you're McLaren, you just walk away from that race disappointed. You know, trying to uh, pass Alpine and getting a little bit of a favor with um, Alonso's DNF. And you just still couldn't. I mean, uh, Lando drove a good race. I think he finished seventh, like best of the rest. But um, he, uh, but Ricardo wasn't, you know, wasn't anywhere close to uh, up there. And I, I just think that McLaren has a lot of soul searching to do uh, over this off season for sure. Yeah. yeah. Where where is where is McLaren in all this? Because uh, you know the, the driver lineup looks promising for next year, but I mean that. It, None of it'll matter if they haven't made that, uh, you know, that push on the development side of things because everybody's waiting for that car to get quicker. I mean, you can't get much more promising in terms of Lando Norris. And so you've got a guy who has a lot of talent. So, Carlos, what is the next thing then? Because, uh, you know, Zach Brown's got a lot cut out for him there at McLaren because they have to figure out a ton before next year's car gets rolled out. Yeah, I think there needs to be a shift at McLaren because they've done a great job. I mean, when, when Zach Brown came in, that car was not great, and all the, the what they've done in the past few years um, has been great. But they're still stuck in this fourth, maybe fifth. And this year wasn't great. There was a lot of promises in all the changes. Um, so I think it, there has to be some. There's something in the team that is just they cannot get past to be you know that extra half a second to a second to just start being one of the top um, teams. Um, so I don't know where that change needs to be made, but there's definitely. Yeah, I think there's just something there that that little bit extra that they need that they're just not getting. There's the uh, awkward parts of the weekend. That's also my favorite part of uh, of these weekends, Dan. Too right, the awkward moments. Uh, Nico Hulkenberg wearing the Haas gear around the garage all weekend, and uh, and then uh, Mick Schumacher being told, "Don't do donuts." Like oh, basically, man. you don't deserve them. Yeah. Right. Wasn't that kind of like the vibe that you got? It, at the very least, you got out of it that his. Uh, 
his garage and he didn't necessarily get along as as uh, as one should with a uh, with a driver. Yeah, so cringy. You know, he had already started them, and they're like, "Please stop! Please stop doing that." And it's, uh, I think it's probably a combination of Haas doesn't have too many engines that they can, uh, or engine parts or driveline parts that they can just throw away. Uh, but it probably, I read it more like a dude, you didn't earn your donuts this year, so please just bring the car back inside. So yes, that was very awkward and uh, it's kind of funny too. Yeah. I would have just kept done, doing it, like you know what I mean. It's why not? Like it's You're maybe my last time. Yeah. yeah, you could be like, hey, Bill, the Schumacher estate. Like yeah. we, like I'll buy you a hundred and forty thousand uh, dollar gearbox or whatever it is that you need. But you know, Nico Hulkenberg walking around the garage and, and kind of getting that. Uh, the other awkward moment that I loved, I did see this quote from uh, Otmar Snaffauer, who said, "I'm really happy with our driving pairing this uh, this coming year with Esteban and uh, and, and Pierre. It would have been it, it's better than it would have been if it if we would have won that Piastri case. So he just straight up threw out there like, you know." You guys can have Piastri because uh, we got it all figured out over here with these two Frenchmen who barely like each other. So there's, no. there's oh, always – there's always shade. Stuff, yes, yeah. there's always stuff to look forward to. And, uh, and I'm, a year from now, you know – I mean, the drama in that team a year from now is going to be great. Like, they can't not have drama there. No. They had one of the best drivers in the history of the sport at their team this year, and they ran him off. Yeah. And or, then, I, or maybe his personality, of course. He's a little bit strong personality, oh yeah, too. So 100%. I don't know. I don't know which one it is, except for Alpine can't seem to get out of their own way. And too. it was funny. I mean, this last race, again, yet another engine failure for Alonso. And he didn't say anything. He just parked it, which if I would have been Alonso, I would have also been like, you know what? Let's just drive until it breaks. You know, why not? <laughs> sure. <laughs> when it's last race, I don't need another engine. it probably engine. will break anyway. Yeah. <laughs> based on the reliability that they had this year. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I look at some of the okay poor performances from the weekend. Guys who absolutely blew it. There's the DNF stuff, and then they're the ones who just didn't perform this weekend. Dan, you go first. Yeah, um, I think ooh, you Lewis. I, I that was out of his control, but I was hoping that George was going to be faster with all the um, gains that they seemingly made uh, in the prior weeks, and so I think it was a bit surprising that Mercedes didn't have the pace, uh, not just compared to Red Bull, but compared to Ferrari. Like Ferrari was definitely faster than them, so I think there's a little bit of a head scratcher that maybe the Interlagos was a little bit of a, uh, a lucky break for them, uh, and maybe isn't the the trend going into the end of the season. So I think they're ready to just take that W13 car and throw it away. <laughs> <laughs> Although I heard that the plan is to put it in the foyer, like the front of the of the HQ, so that everybody can remember, you know, uh, why it's important to work hard okay, in the offseason. Okay, hold I guess. on a minute. So they're gonna pull like a, I mean, the equivalent is like is like putting up, you know, your your uh, your conference championship trophy in your uh, in the hallway of the Buffalo Bills because you're like, hey, we didn't win another Super Bowl. Like, like that's. I guess that could be like yeah. a like some weird. That seems like a very Mercedes thing to do, though. Yeah. Like Toto, the 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 they're mostly like about motivating and getting the best out of guys. But that uh, that team expects greatness, and if you're going to employ mm-hmm. fifteen hundred people or whatever it is to win races, you better freaking do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so now we as we bid adieu to uh, Sebastian Vettel out of F one, uh, the. The uh, the four time world champ. How is he going to be viewed in the list of all timers, Dan? As we as we kind of send Seb and his long hair off into a hippiedom or whatever it is he's going to do next. 
Yeah, I, I mean, he's an all-timer, right? He's top 10, top five. I mean, so four championships and just one of the most beloved drivers on the grid, um, just kind of from the kind of person that he is. And yeah, he didn't he didn't go out on top, but he also didn't like drag his career on, I think, too long. So um, I think nothing but positive vibes. I, I actually was able to watch the race yesterday with my brother. My brother, when he was uh, in NASCAR, w- was doing a tire test at Homestead Miami Speedway and Sebastian Vettel came, I guess he was in South beach for his birthday or something and heard that there was a NASCAR test going on. So he got his way into the garage area and my brother and, and Sebastian Vettel got to sit down and chat for about 10 minutes uh, on the pit wall. And my brother's just asking him, you know, would you ever do this? Would you ever do this oval racing thing after you retire? And, you know, Sebastian said, I, you know, I'll maybe do some sports car racing, but I just, I'm never driven side by side for that long with other cars. So I, I don't think this is for me, but, uh, his, my brother's overall impression of Sebastian was just like down to earth, super nice guy, you know, no ego. And, uh, I think that that's what he'll be remembered as just a, a really great person and an incredible driver. Yeah. Uh, the guy who, I mean, I don't know. How long does Fernando have still? As a guy who follows Fernando Alonso and, and you look at the, him signing up for another team, this is like, what, the third team in in, uh, in five years, and he took yeah. one of those years off. And so it's like this is a lot of teams for Fernando. It's like you, you don't have anything else to prove. Everybody knows how good of a racer you are. So what is it that keeps driving Fernando to stay in the sport when he watches one of his contemporaries walk away from it? I, I honestly think he just loves racing. And, it's, and he's said it before, like, you know, I'm gonna do this until I get tired of it. But he loves the sport, um, so he's he's done other types of racing and he's done pretty good there. So maybe when he gets bored, that's when that's when he'll stop. But he's still competitive and, and he's shown it. Um, he still does great races, know how to read the race. So honestly, yeah, as long as there's a team out there that'll have him, I think he will just keep going until he's 60 if he could. We've got a lot to uh, chat about in the coming weeks here, uh, Dan. Uh this is this is going to be fun because I think we're going to give out kind of report cards for the entire season for each one of these teams. But I'm also looking forward to see what these teams are going to do into the future here because next year you're going to have a Nicholas Latifi. You're going to have a Mick Schumacher, somebody who are like, they're out of the sport suddenly. You're going to have somebody who surprises you uh, maybe this year. Uh, to kind of preview a little bit of that, I'll start with you, Carlos, and then uh, Dan will have you think about it a little bit. What's the what's the biggest surprise for you? Who was the biggest surprise for you as a team? Who was the biggest surprise for you as a driver this year? Um, I think as a team, Aston Martin, I don't think I had many hopes for them. I didn't start that great, but they've developed pretty good this year. So um, I think Aston Martin has been great, and I think I have personally good expectations, probably because I'm also you know hoping that as Alonso goes in next year, they continue that trend up. Um, and then... As a driver this year, I don't know. I got to think. I think Leclerc has been killing it this year. Um, not that many mistakes. I mean, he got most polls this year. Uh, <laughs> he got a lot of polls. A there. lot of polls. And honestly, if things would have gone right with many strategies, he would have been a lot closer to that championship. But I think Red Bull even had the, probably the fastest car by the end. Yeah. Uh, Dan, your thoughts on the the team who uh, who impressed the most and the driver who impressed the most? Or maybe yeah, I, I think, guess 
Yeah, I think um, think Alfa Romeo, you know, just barely kind of on a tiebreaker basis, beating out Aston Martin was surprising to me. And then Alpine finishing fourth ahead of McLaren, despite so many reliability issues. I mean, I don't believe uh, I think a couple episodes ago, we went through all of Alonzo's DNFs uh, that he's had this year. Just the inconsistency there is crazy, considering they still finished uh, 24 points ahead of McLaren, which uh, in my recollection didn't have that many DNFs. So when they were you know, not blowing up, they were really fast. So I, I, I think that if they can get the, uh, reliability stuff under control, they could, uh, come back and, and repeat as the best of the rest next year, or maybe even challenge, uh, in the top three. And then on the driver's side of things, I think George Russell beating Lewis Hamilton, great, like yeah. by 25 points in the same equipment, mm-hmm. I think is, uh, underrated, uh, this year. Obviously he's the only Mercedes driver who got a win says Lewis's first season and 15. I can't remember how many seasons that he hasn't had a win. Uh, and, uh, you know, George was able to pull it off. So I was impressed by, by George. Um, and I think he's going to carry that momentum forward quietly. Like this isn't my total pick, but Valtteri Bottas had like a really good year. Like, I mean, I I think that toward the end, they kind of fell off a little bit, but Alfa Romeo and, and frankly, Haas outperformed, I think what we thought they were going to be doing. Part of it is that Ferrari power unit that ended up being a a lot better of a, of a situation there in K mag, you know, performing there. I think that the, that my biggest shock, though, probably goes in the negative category of uh, McLaren, mm-hmm. and, and and to see Lando Norris finish this year like on such a down downward trajectory, not really him personally, but knowing that he's develop his development was absolutely hampered by the fact that the car that they gave him was massively inconsistent, was not great weekend to weekend. And there were very few times where you went, oh, there's the Lando we like. Like, he didn't look happy most of the year. And I think I was just kind of hoping that he and Danny Rick would kind of create something that was really, really fun. And and it just did not happen at all. But Lando, I, like, keep waiting for him to be, like, my new favorite guy. And it just is not happening. And so from from that uh, negative perspective, because I always love to bring the the, – I always like to go full negative and get uh, and get the awkward points going on the on the show. I uh, I think that McLaren was massively disappointing, and I was super sad that Lando. Uh, and it's like I I really don't think it was much of his fault. I think it was just mostly that he was stuck in the slow lane with that car that he had. Yeah. Very few times that he was able to uh, kind of prove himself, and it was even more ridiculously like. Uh, you know, kind of highlighted by the fact that Danny Rick got a weird, yeah. <laughs> got a weird win, and uh, and Lando can't even buy and one. I gotta think because Lando Norris is locked into his contract until 2028. So if this car, like, if you can see year after year that the progression is just not there, are you gonna regret signing? Because at first, right, you signed with McLaren until 2028. Yeah. That is great. He's but a at, golden boy. He's Zach's golden boy, man. But he still wants to win that championship, right? So if if in next year the car's not there, the year after the car. If the car's not there, is it going to start regretting maybe that decision to sign such a long deal term? Dan, are you, uh, or have you got, have you jumped fully off of the Ferrari bandwagon that was there for, for two seconds and then you're back onto the Merc <laughs> side of things because you drive a Mercedes? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I am. Uh, I've got, uh, I'm sitting in the Mercedes with like one toe in the water still on Ferrari just because I just want Charles to get, you know, back into his winning fashion. It was so fun when he got that streak going um, a couple years ago. So, but yeah, I, I want to see AMG start fighting for uh, against Red Bull and have a, have a tighter uh, championship next year. Uh, all right, so we're looking forward to uh, to next season, but we're also going to keep uh, throwing some uh, th- some episodes out 
uh, periodically here. I think we'll kind of keep that weekly thing going on here for uh, the time being. So, Dan, if you're down still, we got to still we got to keep these things going. And Carlos, whenever you want to be able to join us, and uh, we'll be able to do that as well. So uh, we'll fire this thing up uh, for Dan Jimenez and Carlos Fortune, Alex Curie. It is Mode Push brought to you by KSL Sports KSL Podcasts. We'll be back again in another episode. Uh, we'll jump in and kind of give our full thoughts on and full grades for teams. And the uh, we'll have some awards for uh, most awkward moment of the season, worst and best radio calls, and uh, all of it. We'll do all of it coming up here. So uh, for Dan and Carlos, I'm Alex. We'll talk to you next time, everybody.